0: This is the Breadfruit Juice Podcast with Mosi and Ace. Join us to get your weekly recommended dose of talk, jokes, weird news, and other special surprises coming at you with that Caribbean vibe. I'm proud to be an ambassador and have a chance to share my West Indian culture with you. So sit down, relax, put your feet up, take it light, and enjoy the show because we're going to get nostalgic, talk about my experiences growing up Caribbean, and make ruction in the place. Enjoy the show because it's going to be real vibes. Welcome to the Breadfruit Juice Show, everyone. I'm Mosi, And I'm Ace. And uh, we are both thrilled to be here this morning. So yeah, guys, we have a really exciting topic that we're going to talk about today. And I'm excited because this thing formed a really huge part of my childhood. And that thing, of course, is cartoons. As I mentioned last week, specifically Saturday morning cartoons. Now, I may have been a little harsh when I said that that cartoons today are trash. is a bit of a blanket statement because they're not all bad. Obviously, but I I do think there are a lot of terrible ones out there. and We're going to talk a, a little bit about some of those a little bit later on in the episode. I'm going to be specific. The cartoons that I'm talking about are going to be, well, it's actually going to be a little bit of a mix, but mostly a lot of the shows that I'm referring to were from the Cartoon Network, which has been kind of where my experience has been. I wasn't as much of a Cartoon Network person. I did, I guess,
1: Nickelodeon and whatever was on the network's. Uh, but I think we have a lot of overlap, especially for the good shows. And I think that our differences, we can talk about the bad shows that we
0: experienced as well. Okay. Okay. I like the idea. I like the idea. And it's, it's funny that you talked about the networks because that ties right into our next segment where we're going to talk a little bit about what happened to Saturday Morning Cartoons as an institution, I suppose, because, and this is something that I, I only learned about In my research for today's episode, as early as 1992, Saturday Morning Cartoons stopped becoming Saturday Morning Cartoons. And again, not to give too much away, but I will be discussing that in this next section. We're also going to talk about the ones that I think were the most influential to me and why I love them and why I think that so many of today's shows pale in comparison to some of the more iconic animated TV shows. A little bit later on. We're going to play a little game. We're going to have Ace guess some some cartoon themes. Now, he, he claims to be really good at this. We're going to see just how good he is today. There's a little bit of a twist because I wouldn't be me if I made it that easy. Okay, so there's going to be a little bit of a twist. And, bro, I hope you're ready for it. But uh, moving right on into the next section, guys, this is the pop. <music> All right, welcome to the pot. Uh this this first section is gonna be about my experience with 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 cartoons, specifically Saturday morning cartoons. Now I, I want to talk to you a little bit about how how we got how we got TV back in the day when I was growing up. Now I grew up in Grenada, obviously, and a lot of people listening, y'all y'all will know what I'm talking about. Y'all will be able to 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 um relate to this. Now we had a TV station called Grenada Broadcasting Corporation, and the way they did it was they, would, they had these satellites and they would just pull programming from all these different stations, all these different American stations, ABC, NBC, Fox, all those big networks, and they just broadcast it on the local station. Now, this is how, this is how TV was before Cablevision, which Cablevision came around in around 1995 or 1996. I remember it very, very well. The day that Cartoon Network came to to cablevision, and I remember loving the whole idea so badly because I loved cartoons, and this is something that I was really excited about. So, how old were you when that happened? Maybe like twelve. Okay. Yeah, so like twelve years old, and um, Saturday morning cartoons, I, 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 I I come to understood is, is, is an, is an, an institution. And Saturday morning cartoons are actually a branded block of animated shows that each station. So like USA, they had the cartoon express Fox had Fox kids. The CW had vortex and ABC and CBS. They also had their own. So Saturday morning cartoons was a branded block of animated shows that would be put on TV every morning from I'd say maybe it was it between. Do you know how long these, how long the block was? Was it three hours? Was it five hours? I think it varied by station. What kind of lineup they had, and then
1: um, you know what other kind of programming. It usually went to noon. Okay. Um, but I, I think it was usually around like eight in the morning. May I can't really imagine it being close earlier than eight or seven o'clock, and then up till noon. I do remember uh, one of the, I think it was Fox. At noon, they had Soul Train come on. And that's how you <laughs> knew the morning was over and it was time to get moving.
0: I think GBC used to show Soul Train too. Like this was a thing, like every weekend, Soul Train was on it. Of course, for a long time, GBC was the only station. So that was all you could watch until, you know, if you had, unless you had cable or something. But more to the point, Ace, tell me a little bit about how that was for you. Well, we would get up, I believe part of the idea for
1: the cartoon lineup on Saturday mornings was by a parent at a network who literally just wanted to sleep on Saturdays. So they put the cartoons on so their children would go down to watch it and leave them alone. So we'd just wake up, turn on the TV. If we ate cereal or something, it was there near or in front of the TV. And we were just uh, watching it, as I said, (laughs) until Soul Trade came on. And that's when we kind of started our day.
0: So, so if I understand you correctly, what you're saying is that the whole idea for Saturday Morning Cartoons was a parent who worked at one of these networks and just wanted a, a, an uninterrupted block of time on Saturday morning to sleep in?
1: Yes. He was just tired of having to deal with his children in the morning, and he just wanted to sleep. And he knew if they were in a zombie-like trance in front of the television, then they wouldn't get into trouble.
0: Honestly, that's a really smart idea, and I, I never knew that. So, well, the obviously there there's some there's some similarities, but there are also differences. And and um, one of the big differences for for me in my household was we couldn't watch cartoons unless we took a shower first. So my mother was always, her her thing was always go and bathe. You can't watch you can't watch cartoons until you bathe. <laughs> so we had had to go we had to shower up we had to clean and I, I always remember that Saturday morning was that was the one day me and my brother never fought to see who should go take a shower first because it was we always wanted to go first because we always wanted we wanted to watch cartoons and you know we'd get our breakfast we'd sit down in front of the tv and um we'd watch our shows until noon when they would start putting on these awful educational shows or or animal shows and again we'll talk a little bit more about why that was in a little bit i never realized this but as early as 1992 some of the larger broadcasters were already cutting out these these cartoons from their from their morning schedules now this never really affected us because saturday morning cartoons was something that continued in my household even growing up even as i got older because again these, this station gbc which became gbn would just pull programming from all these different places and broadcast it i learned that in 1990 united states the congress or united states congress passed something called the children's television act which required broadcasters to air a minimum of 3 hours of educational or informational tv or programming Yes. I I don't know how many people knew that, but that was I I had an idea because I saw It was
1: 1990, you said,
0: according to the to the report. Yeah, it was 1990 when they first did that. But the networks ignored this this new act until about 96. So then that's when the FCC had to step in and force them to comply with this three hour block of 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 educational programming. Now, the networks then started airing these weird travelogue-type shows and animal shows because, you know, learning. They needed the kids to get some knowledge. Guess who got the axe? Guess who paid for that block? It was the, the the cartoons because this just happened to be the time slot that these networks felt would be the best to fit in these shows. And also, they didn't want to sacrifice their prime time slots because that was when they got the most uh, viewership. So they also that's why that's why they shoved all these these educational bits into into the into the morning block so i mean it kind of makes sense no
1: i guess if you're trying if the the object is really just to push kids off away from the tv then it two birds with one stone but it, they, i think it's it speaks to how the like laws of unintended consequences um, and it's really interesting that you say, you know, like the most profitable or like their prime time viewing, because what the, the TV, the stations and the broadcasting companies are thinking about is advertisers and that, you know, that key demographic of who is going to be watching TV, they got to be interested in our show. And then we can show them the commercials, you know, and, and sell that ad, you know, for the ad revenue. Um, right. But right. It, it's interesting because I always thought. And I thought it was common, you know, a common thing among people I talked to um, that, and we'll probably discuss this a little bit more later on, but how a lot of these cartoon shows were pretty much just, uh, you know, 30 minutes of action figure
0: advertisements. That's what it is. It was just 30 minutes of, of because, and, and this is something that I also learned recently, that a lot of these car- these shows were just made to sell toys. Transformers is a perfect example he-Man and the Masters of the Universe, G.I. Joe, which, by the way, that worked really well. I love G.I. Joe. And I them. So that's what these cartoons were for. Now, moving on, this Children's Television Act, the, another part of that act increased regulations on ads. Um, and essentially what it did was it reduced the amount of time that companies were allowed to advertise during these blocks of cartoons. So by law they could have up to 16 minutes worth of ads every hour, but the the CTA reduced it to only 10 and a half minutes. So that cut into their revenue stream, as you were talking about. The lengths of the episodes had to be increased from 22 minutes to 25 minutes. Again, as early as 1992, NBC started airing news and sports during that episode because it cost less. It cost less to two uh, shows for the whole day than to produce a block of cartoons for six hours. So, and we're talking about a difference in millions of dollars. So NBC was the first one on that train that started doing that. Also, they could shove more ads into the space and they could also charge advertisers more money for what they call adult commercials. So things like beer or cars and um, or that more more money for, for those types of commercials and they, they would be able to charge for children's ads like for toys, and that type of thing. Coming down to the early 2000s, ABC's and, ABC and CBS weren't even producing their own shows anymore. It was all in syndication by then. And then wow. ABC replaced its block with shows that had already run on Disney and eventually got rid of that too in favor of more travelogues on animal shows. So they really love those animal shows.
1: <laughs> they th- I feel like they thought they could kill two birds with one stone. They're like, oh, Kids love animals and so we'll keep the, the idea of
0: attracting the kids, but we'll meet the same education requirements. Informational requirement too. So uh, Fox, Fox held out until 2008. And then they, I thought wow. this was curious. Yeah, tilt, uh, but I mean, Fox wasn't even the last holdout. Fox held on until 2008. And then they handed that slot over to something called the weekend marketplace, which was essentially a big block of infomercials. So they just sell a bunch of stuff. And then the last one, I think, was the CW. They had a block called The Vortex, which shows, like, I believe, Sonic X and Dragon Ball Z. They held it until about 2014, and then they eventually joined the dark side with a block called <sighs> One Magnificent Morning. Like, who's naming these? One Magnificent Morning. And that was just a whole a bunch of more animal shows. But here's what really, here's what really killed the Saturday morning cartoon, as we know it. Even as early as the 80s, like the early 80s, some of these shows were becoming more available. On um, they were becoming more widely available, as it were. So a lot of these kids were coming home after work, after work, after school, and being able to see He Man and Thundercats and whatnot at 3 p.m. So they didn't need Saturday mornings anymore. And then mm-hmm. cable kind of became a thing, more you know, more TV stations. So and then of course. Cable stations that had cartoons on them 24-7, that was the killing blow, as it were, to the whole Saturday morning cartoons. And then if you want to take it one step further, you're digging up the corpse and you're setting it on fire. You have streaming services like Netflix and Hulu and pretty much – and even Cartoon Network and a lot of those stations have their own streaming where you can find these cartoons at any Or anytime. YouTube. There we have it. That's, that's why Saturday morning cartoons are dead for the most it's- part.
1: It's sad, it's sad to you know kind of hear its post-mortem and, and realize that really what you, something I guess this goes for a lot of life when you're a kid, is you think that the way things are or they're just the way that they'll be forever. But that Saturday morning, the ability to have cartoons on different networks, different you know, you could choose what you wanted to watch. that was just a, a one brief moment of, of human history, yes. um, and it was there and then it disappears.
0: Saturday morning cartoons were a rare opportunity for us to enjoy something that was specially for us because, you know, earlier and earlier times television never really had shows for children. They were very few and very far between. So to know that there was something specifically for us was appealing. And what made it more appealing was the fact that it wasn't available at any other time, really. So you had to, you had this one narrow window and you had to, you had to get in and, and and this was the only chance you had basically this was the only chance you had to see these these shows and as a child animation is just one of those things that, that I feel appeals to, to any child really. cartoons now why why do I think why do you think Ace old cartoons were awesome so I'm going to give you the floor you go ahead this is this is the pot part two <laughs>
1: I'll tell you, I think that I've, I have a large experience, history of, of watching cartoons for a long time, and I have a breadth of knowledge. I've seen a bunch of different cartoons, um, have some favorites, and I think that by comparing some of the favorites that I had as a child, and even still could probably watch today, with the stuff that my kids have available on either on, you know, regular network TV cable TV, or through streaming services like Netflix. I think there's a great comparison in there to see why those ones are better compared to the stuff they produce today. Okay, so my fa- one of my favorite, the most transcendent animated shows from the 80s or early 90s, I don't remember the time frame exactly, it's probably more 90s, um, is Batman, the animated series. Seminole. Amazing! Um, they some of the things I know about the show when they did animate it, they used they started with black, like everything was built on black. So if you watch, I'm sure you remember Mosey. The show is very dark. It's very comic book esque. It's got that um, 19 kind of like 1950s feel to it. Very Art Deco. Yeah, Art Deco rapture of the rapture of its time period. Um, I mean, it's a cartoon show and it's for kids. But it it deals with things in a very serious manner. It's Batman. Like, there are silly things. And some of the supervillains and everything are – But here's an example. Like, Clayface, the villain, when he comes into being, he's an actor who gets in an accident. And he He, finds – he gets, like, a horrible scar or something on his face. He's all disfigured. But he was known for his good looks. And he can't – you know, he's like, I can't act if I got this – Crazy scar on my face, so he gets this cream that allows him to like mold his looks back into like looking handsome, and it's great. But then he needs more and more of it, and it starts making him all droopy, and then he becomes clayface. That's dark. That's dark for children, (laughs) but it's also simple, and it's like a, a lesson in consequences. You know, his 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 vanity and his desire for fame and everything is what led him in this path to become like he's. He was a monster technically before he ever became Clayface because some of the decisions he made to hurt other people, just great. It's, and this is the thing, like the fact that I can talk about it, we can analyze the story long yes. after that, that show aired. And while I'm an adult uh, just speaks to how good it is. Now let's compare that to something like terrible shows that they have now today. SpongeBob. SpongeBob well, I think SpongeBob falls in a different category. I'm going to try to use one of the ones that I don't even need to, let's not name a show. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings at this point. I will later on. So there there were bad shows in the 80s and 90s, but there were really good ones. What I don't find today is TV shows, cartoons for kids that talk about anything other than friendship, you know, sharing, uh, working together. Like that's so stupid. Obviously, like those are things that we talk about with our kids all the time. Like, I don't need a cartoon show to raise my children. Like my parents never sat down with me and said, you know, um, (laughs) didn't talk about the lessons of Clayface and, you know, vanity and greed and, uh, you know, trying to achieve your goals by any means possible, even if it's, you know, goes beyond the realm of what's reasonable. Like that's a story that will stick with a person because it's impact. And when you talk about, I think the Trolls show on Netflix. It's got some wackiness and some goofiness, which is okay. What they come down at the end of the day is, I hurt your feelings, and I shouldn't have hurt your feelings, but I'm really sorry, and I'm, I'm glad we're friends. Like it's that's so like it's so forgettable, and yeah, it's true, I guess, and yeah, it's good for kids to know it but it's so bland. It's just so, you could, literally that same plot line is in every single episode of all these shows. It's not unique. Right. It's not memorable. And it's no, there's no, it's not actually a plot. It's it's a 22 or 23 minute long um,
0: friendship commercial. So bad. Part of the reason I don't watch a lot of, well, I guess you would say I I look at more grown-up cartoons. So, Bob's Burgers, I love. Bob's Burgers is hilarious, by the way, okay? I used to really like Family Guy, but it kind of fell off, so I don't really watch it that much. It's not really as interesting. American Dad, same thing. Cleveland Show, kind of the same thing. The only one I really look at is Bob's, is Bob's Burgers.
1: To and, be fair, I want to say, for these examples you're giving – this, and this is an interesting phenomenon we could talk about in a later episode. These are all cartoons that are made for adults. And that's like a whole different world. Because, like I said, there were kind of adult themes or like grown-up themes that you could enjoy in a Batman the animated series. But that's all that these shows deal with, like innuendo and adult themes and like you wouldn't like, I don't let my children watch even The Simpsons or you know those some of those other shows, Archer, things like that. Like those are animated shows that are made specifically for adults. And I think it'd be really interesting some of the time to talk about like the development of that and how that came to be. But
0: mm. anyways, continue. And you're right. It's 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 a different it's a different animal. But going back to some of these little some of these shows that, that are on TV today, the reason that I like those cartoons in a word epic storylines amazing detailed unique character designs and environments great music that pulled you into the action and just really good writing that was that that's kind of those things that um th- those are the things that appealed to me and now I realize this the, the a lot of the shows that I really enjoy a lot of the shows that I like they were they featured some very or they were very fantasy and um sci-fi themed. And and that's something that I always I always I love sci-fi and, and fantasy and I love fantasy art and science fiction art. So I love I love work from guys like Frank Frazetta and Boris Vallejo knows, you know, people like that. So a lot of the cartoons that were some of my favorites from back in the day, like again, we talked about pirates. Well, there's one that I looked at called Galtar and the Golden Lance. There's Thundar the Barbarian, those old Hanna Barbera shows. Perfect examples. When you look at some of the character designs, the weapons, the clothing, the animals, the monsters, the creatures, that type of thing, you'll you'll see those very heavy influences. And these shows, I guess, they would have come towards the, you know, the end of the 80s era into the early 90s. So there's still a lot of that 80s fantasy elements playing into the designs and, and influencing those shows. And then again sci-fi shows so futuristic landscapes really unique fantastic vehicle design um, and then of course you have the, the stories themselves i mean yes it was really good versus evil but then you had all these other little themes built into built into into the main overarching theme and then you had the shows going back to galtar and thunder when you had the melding of science and magic together and then Going more in, on the sci-fi side, you have the robots, so Transformers, Gundam, Ultron, and, um, Voltron, exactly. Excellent reboot series on Netflix, by the way. Not a plug, but I love that show. Gigantor, which is one that I watched growing up, um, aka Tetsujin Twenty Eight Go, aka Iron Man Twenty Eight, which you know a great <laughs> um, from Japan, and that was among uh, that was my first introduction to to anime. You ever noticed that there was a lot of shows that had um, had anime intros, but they were really they were American shows, but they were the intros were 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 animated by Japanese companies. You ever noticed that? I you'd have to give me an example. Thundercats. You have no you have to look no further. Oh, than- <laughs> that's per- that's a good
1: one. That's I mean, I mean, Voltron is a little bit more obvious because that was like a show redubbed in English for, you know, an American audience. But I think Thundercats, that's
0: a good one. Japanese intro, but Thundercats is an American show through and through, from what I understand. Uh, another one was, and I and I, I I might be wrong, but so don't quote me. There's this one called Bionic Six that I used to look at on. It was on the Sci-Fi Channel's block of um, morning cartoons. That was an Bionic Bionic Six. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, I know that one. I see. I was. You see. You knew. You knew that theme. All right. <laughs> The cool part about that show was the action
1: figures because they had metal on them. So when you got angry at a sibling and you chucked that figure at them, they understood how furious you were.
0: Yeah. Well, you're terrible. You're th- why are we friends? So, you know what? As I was doing research for the episode, I realized something. The reason I have this this intense dislike for crappy cartoons is that I, I just have a very high standard and um, I also realized that there's a huge and heavy nostalgia factor involved here. because I'm looking back on these shows because, or looking back on these shows with, with fondness because I grew up with these shows. And much the same way that kids today will look back on the shows that they grew up with very fondly because that's what they had as children, even though some of them are objectively terrible shows. All right? <laughs> I don't know what anyone says, but I will not. A fan of a show like The Problem Solvers or was the other one um, Ball Farmers Nine Thousand, you know, and those.
1: See, I have because of the young children, I have a view into a lot of um, like toddler-aged programs. Perfect example of, of the just the garbage shows that it's like, and it's interesting to me because it seems like this is where they tried to marry that edutainment and the cartoon show. It's like all okay, kids. So you can watch a show, but also you're getting you're 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 learning. Like Super Why is just a it's a show about a bunch of kids, and they run into these problems. I think it started out with fairy tales. It may have morphed from there. And like they'll they learn to spell, and the kids participate by picking the right letter or helping them. It's just dumb. It's like. But kids only watch them for a little while until they learn that there are other shows because they're not interesting. They're not fun. And No one's actually learning anything. They're just – they like the pictures and the characters. And then after that runs off and they realize that, oh, they're trying to teach me something, they move away from it. Because they don't want to learn. They don't want to be, like, preached or, like, taught at. It's like – it's like if you can imagine kids out on a playground – and they're playing a game, and the teacher's like, all right, let's play this new game. It involves flashcards and writing book reports. The kids would be like, no, get away from us.
0: Well, speaking of games, you are, you're supposedly really good at identifying old themes from the 80s and 90s, correct?
1: I have a reputation amongst people that know me, yes.
0: okay. All right, so like I said before the beginning of the show, I wouldn't be me if I made it that easy. How good do you think you are at identifying a theme backwards? Backwards. That might be a little bit trickier. <laughs> oh my goodness! I wish I had that that evil that evil scientist, the evil mad scientist, like laugh track to put in here. <laughs> So you're gonna be identifying some themes, but I'm gonna play them backwards. oh boy, not so tough now, huh? Where was that <laughs> Where's that energy you had before when you're like, "I'm so good, I'm gonna do this, you're gonna lose. Where's all that energy?
1: okay, lance uh, lance Armshaw we're gonna have you're pretty good at riding bikes, huh? Yeah, I'm pretty good. All right, we're gonna have you do a bike race underwater. Good <laughs> luck, bike racer guy.
0: Ace, you're gonna you're gonna be identifying some some tracks, but they're gonna be played backwards. Now, I'm gonna play the track. I'm gonna give you as much time as you need because you will need many time. You will need <laughs> many, time. <laughs> many time.
1: Well, I might not be able to get these. But I can speak English.
0: Okay. All right. So, ace one, me one. <laughs> you need many time units. Or you might, you might need many time units to identify some of these. And I'm going to do a nice little mix. I'll do some easy ones up front. Some kind of hard ones in the middle or maybe so slightly harder in the middle. but I'll do the really tough ones on the back end to kind of ease you into it and make, you know, I'll warm you up. So... Let's go with ready copy. Progress. All right. Okay. <laughs> Did you want yeah. me to wait till you went through it further? Or? All right, so you may not be as bad as I thought you were going to be. <laughs> for the next one i am ready all right here we go
1: age mutant ninja turtles
2: all
0: right okay see now that's not so that one wasn't so bad was it (laughs) no that was a little bit i if you if there's a unique thing that you can pull out
1: like with the Rugrats, they have a very that uh, that toy piano sound is very unique. Yes. And um, the chorus in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles song is
0: uh is uh,
1: stuck in my brain forever.
0: So you are doing a lot better this than I thought you would. Okay, so here's the next one. This this is this is also going to fall under easy. This is a this is a pretty unique theme. All right, here we go. Know what that is? No. You want to try one more time?
1: Yeah, I'll tear it again. Loading Inspector Gadget. All right. <laughs> the ending part. Oh, man. Like while I was playing in my head, I was like, that sounds really familiar. What is that? And then once I heard the, the I think the cadence of the the speech, even though I couldn't
0: understand the words, I think that's what got me. All right. So good. I, I'll do I'll do one more. I'll do one more. All right. And this is going to be kind of a, a throwaway because I know actually, you know what? No, I'm not going to make this one easy for you. I'm going to make it. Semi easy. You should get this one. Here we go. you know what that is no i have no idea it actually sounds
1: like what happens when you're like having a nightmare and someone's (laughs) trying to tell you something important
0: and you can't understand them you want one more try because i really want you to get this one yes i would like one more try all right here we go Still nothing? I have no idea. That was Thundercats, bro.
1: Thundercats. My older brother loved that show. I was only kind of interested. Okay, so only this was Because I never thought that Lion-O's voice matched his, like, demeanor. He sounded like a TV advertiser, but he was, like, the head of this, like, superhero squad.
0: I didn't understand it. <laughs> Well he was also a twelve year old boy stuck in a man's body, so maybe that... I, I did not know this yeah he was um he was the prince, and his sleep chamber um his sleep chamber broke or it malfunctioned, so his body his body accelerated or um i guess his his body continued to grow at the regular rate, but his mind stayed that of a of a youth oh jeez, that's terrible Part of the theme was that. His his team, the rest of his team was, while all these adventures were happening, they were teaching him how to be a good king. So they were teaching him life lessons.
1: Oh, being that he was a 12-year-old in a man's body, did they also have to teach him to lock the bathroom door? Or
0: I I don't know. I never really watched that show too much. So
1: <laughs> I just mean, you know, make sure that uh, he has his private time when other people can't get in there.
0: <laughs> great tongue-in-cheek um okay so i got i got a couple more for you these are oh, gonna good. it's gonna so, get harder yeah dude, we're stepping it up a little bit um we're gonna go we're gonna we're gonna take you we're gonna get to the 19th you ready i'm ready Do you know? No.
1: The, I don't think you understand how insane these are. If you have no idea what you're listening for, it's like, it's like
0: gibberish. I told you it was going to be hard. So are you, are you familiar with a little show called Beast Wars? Beast Wars. Yeah. I mean, I knew that it was on. Okay. So I'm seeing a trend. These shows are not shows that you have watched or have been into.
1: <laughs> I mean, if you showed me a character, I could probably say, yeah, that's from that Beast Wars show. But I didn't watch it that much because
0: This is not fun
1: anymore. <laughs> <laughs> i not- both- use like classic ones you know, everybody loves that we can all take a trip down memory lane, but you're like oh, here's Gorthax, the Crombulator. And it's like, what, you didn't watch Gorthax? Oh, was, well, you just was had three
0: episodes once. Speed <laughs> that up, and I will not have you coming on this show and advertising fictions, all right? About- <laughs> I kind of want to
1: watch a show called Gorthax, the Crombulator.
0: Everyone, including yourself, should get this one, okay? There's, there are two versions of this intro, and they're both, they're both quite swell. So okay grandpa listen up All right, you have no idea. Well,
1: from that shredding guitar, I'd have to say it was definitely something. It was definitely in the early 90s.
0: So you don't... All right, Mel, maybe if I play the second version of this intro, you might get it. Are you ready? Here we go. No clue.
1: Is that from Poltergeist when the the Carol Ann was being pulled into that alternate dimension? I
0: can't believe you don't know this. I'm upset. (laughs)
1: Let's just remind you again. I didn't spend my childhood listening to
0: cartoons backwards. (laughs) You know what? You know what? Next time we do this, I'm just gonna have you give me a bunch of themes. Cause here, you know what? I really, I don't. I guess I don't know you as well as I thought I did. No, I just think that you. I, I don't
1: know if you have a different list. The the problem might be what was popular in
0: America during versus. the time you were growing up versus what was popular in Guyana. So, you might be right. That is a very very good point. So for For anyone who is in suspense who hasn't already gotten this, that was Dragon Ball Z.
1: Oh goodness, why would you think that I would watch that show? Oh. I'm so glad that you like that show. I hate Dragon Ball Z. like it is I watched it a couple of times and I, I had friends that were super into it, so I wanted to like enjoy it.
0: I don't even know you anymore.
1: Goku, we've got to train to do this thing. Okay, I guess we'll train. Oh, no, here's a bad guy. Let's have a 14-minute-long discussion about our differences in our power levels.
0: So Dragon Ball Z was, a, was, a soap, was just a soap opera with cool anime magic powers and, and fights. Come on. We know that. We know that every like every 10 episodes was just, like, filler crap, and then you had the exciting thing happening in the 11th episode, and then 10 more episodes of, like, more filler crap. And then one more episode. Look, we know that, but we didn't care. When you're twelve years old and you just you just want to see stuff blowing up and magic. No, 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 no. I'll tell you what the problem. It's the same problem. This is a tangent. It's the same
1: problem I have with shows like The Walking Dead and various other quote unquote dramas.
0: Bro, you want these people to come out.
1: You can't tell me. Like, all I'm supposed to experience and enjoy is like the season. I think they have that in their head. They're like, here's a season, and you're going to enjoy like maybe the opening, a couple middle ones, and the last one. And the other stuff is really just to get you to the end. Like, I don't care. Like, you can take any episode of Ninja Turtles or Batman or Freakazoid, watch the one episode, and you're like, oh, cool. If there's a callback in it to a, a previous episode, that's fine because, but it's a small thing like that show. They got to do a recap from the earlier, what happened last yesterday or last week. And then at the end of it, they got to be like, stay tuned
0: next time. We'll tell you what happens then too. Fine. Fine. You know what? <laughs> this one, you may or may not know, but this was a special request. Just before I go on, can we talk about how much soul that man has? Do you hear do you hear him like vocalizing on this track? Let me start that again. You missed it. All right
1: I think one thing we've learned from this experiment is that recognizing things backwards, it had better be something that you have running forwards in your head
0: at least one day a week.. Oh. That, my friend, was from a little show called Defenders of the Earth. This is what I'm saying. What? If you asked 10 people what is Defenders of the Earth,
1: I don't even think I would get one person to say, oh, yeah, I know what that show is. So you've
0: never heard this show? I've never heard of that. All right, all right, hold up. Let me play the, let me play the theme the regular way.
2: Defenders of the Earth. Defenders.
0: Can we just talk about how much soul this man has, please? Yeah, that's pretty good. I like that he put his all into the job.
2: His rockets ignite. Jets into battle life Faster than light. Flash court. Lord of the jungle. The hero who stalks. The beasts call him brother. The ghost war. Fender. Defenders of the earth. Defenders. Master of magic spells and illusion. Enemies crumble in fear
0: and confusion. and drink defenders of the earth. Sounds <laughs> like man, you never had a childhood. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. I could sing to you right now 15
1: theme songs from cartoon shows, and every one of our loyal listeners would be like, Yeah, I know what that is. Yeah, I know what that is. But I want I no, I challenge to tw- anyone on Twitter to retweet and say that you know who Defenders of the Earth are. And not just, oh, I saw him one time or whatever, but oh, that you God. are a crazy loyal follower like Mosey.
0: All right. So, you know what? I, I'm glad. You're right. This little experiment did, and, and this is an outcome that I did not even expect. And and you made, you made the really good point in that a lot of the shows that were popular in the States and a lot of the shows that well known in the states we're probably not as well known where you know in grenada and, and in, the Caribbean in general but we i mean we had we obviously had a lot of the same shows and a lot of um a lot of different ones. and that american kids grew up with were going to be different from from a lot of the shows that 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 korean kids grew up with i challenge you and i will challenge you and I'll stand and maintain my position that there will be someone out here that will know at least one or two of those tracks that I play that you did not get. But yeah, I'm going to be throwing shade like crazy. <laughs>
1: well, you know, if, if we can't get even one,
0: you know what that means, right? You know where you're headed? Shade bitch you know what? I will I will take that loss. I will take that loss. If we can't find one person that knows at least one of those shows and I I will sit on shame bench
1: myself. <laughs> you will be on shame bench. And for today's special thematic edition of shame bench, I'm going to give you 3 examples of what I and maybe some other people on the internet will consider three of the worst cartoons from the 80s and 90s. We could talk about some others. Um, and, and we're going to have to, you can determine uh, which one deserves to be on Shame Bench. For those of you who are not familiar, Shame Bench is where we look at, uh, normally look at people, uh, situations, uh, news articles, and uh, tell them, Mosey gets to decide, because he's the cultural expert, who deserves to be on Shame Bench. And, and Mo, if you could just explain what Shame Bench is briefly
0: shame bench is it's a it's a figurative place that 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 people end up on when they have been embarrassed by someone typically it's someone uh, close but it, it just generally refers to an embarrassing situation
1: <laughs> and we're saying so either these shows or the people who produce them belong on shame bench i don't want to put them in a, they're not in a certain order in order to tell you which way i'm leaning but So the first one is a show called Street Sharks. Oh, my God. So let me give you, for those people who do not know, (laughs) let me give you the rundown of this story. Uh, A university professor named Dr. Robert Bolton, uh, (laughs) not the uh, National Security Advisor, and his partner, Dr. Luther Paradigm, created a machine known as the Gene Slammer, which is how you know this whole thing was made in the 80s or the early 90s. Gene <laughs> Slammer <laughs> is capable of changing aquatic animals into anthropomorphic hybrids by combining their DNA. In his attempt to prevent Dr. Paradigm from using the sheen for his own personal power, Bullet is transformed into an unseen monstrosity but escapes. Later, Paradigm gives Bolton's four sons, Johnny, Bobby, Coop, and Clint <laughs> four different sharks. When Dr. Paradigm captures their friend Ben's, the resulting street sharks rescue him and combine Paradigm with piranha DNA, for which he's often nicknamed Dr. Piranoid. <laughs> and in subsequent episodes, Dr. Paradigm creates a variety of monsters to destroy the street sharks while attempting to persuade the inhabitants of their metropolis, Fission City, to imprison them. So pretty much the show is these insane, like, juiced out shark men fight other monsters. It is, it is insane. And this is what I was talking about. What I mentioned, like, they made shows to sell toys. These were like a, like, some toy designers, like, oh, my Gary, my partner here, he came up with this thing. It's like a shark, but it's a man. Like, can you guys do something with that? And they're like, yes. Yes, we can.
0: <laughs> like, I'm so sorry, but I don't know why this is so funny. <laughs> Just like... All right,
1: because but... it can only be produced in the time period that it came to be. If you tried to put this on today, like you'd be like, "Why? Why did you do this? Who hurt you?
0: How much drugs do you need to be on <laughs> to write that pilot?" <laughs>
1: And I, this is why people will say, "Oh, you know, the '80s and '90s weren't so great." Here's some garbage shows. We realize that. That's why we're calling them out. There was actually three seasons of this show. It ran from uh, 1994 until
0: 1997. Okay, all right. I I, I love this show. I remember seeing the, 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 the ads for the cartoons, and or rather the ads for the toys in the afternoon and stuff. And just off of pure nos, uh, nostalgia value. This show is innocent.
1: (laughs) The next one is Dino Saucers. Oh, boy. Dino Saucers. So this show is interesting just because, much like Street Sharks, it's a U.S.-Canadian-like hybrid. And, unfortunately, so I'll give the description, okay? The show follows the Dino Saucers and their battles against the evil Tyrannos. Each group is composed of intelligent anthropomorphic dinosaurs and other prehistoric Saurian species. Okay. The saucers are also allied with four humans known as the secret scouts. The two groups originally come from a planet on a counter-Earth orbit known as reptilian. They have a button on the front of their uniforms, which instantly devolves them to their primitive ancestor dinosaur state while retaining their intelligence and speech capacity. So they fight against each other. It's pretty much transformers with dinosaurs which uh, this is another trend of the late 80s early 90s for ethnically diverse children so uh you know they're trying to they're trying to you know flush it out a little bit it doesn't have see i don't see seasons but it had 65 episodes ending in 1987 oh gosh they're all 1987 september to december of 1987 it was a dark dark year.
0: Three months worth of TV shows. So it's like an episode a day, five days a week. Toys never came out. They were going to make toys, but
1: the show was canceled. Toys scrapped.
0: I can see why. I mean, honestly, this, this doesn't, I feel like this idea was incomplete. It doesn't feel as, or at least whoever wrote the description, it, it, didn't, it didn't feel as complete as the Street Sharks description. I feel like maybe a lot of thought went into it, but I got the impression that not as much thought went into this particular show, and also I'm, I'm 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 noticing a theme of of anthropomorphic animals that that fight and have combat skills, kind of like the TMNT a little bit. You seeing the callback? Sure. Yeah. So, um, this show is guilty. Shame bench.
1: <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We're only you're only going to get to pick one. So this is the leading. This is the leading champion. Wait till you hear the last one. And this one is going to be a little <laughs> controversial because the other nominee I've suggested is Captain Planet
0: and the Planeteers. Are you familiar with it? Of course. Okay. This is the one of those shows that, that, that Caribbean parents didn't want their kids to look at because they thought <laughs> it promoted magic and sorcery. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: Well, so for people who don't know, Captain Planet and the Planeteers is a show about uh, five children who are given these magic rings by this spirit of the Earth, Gaia. Magic. They're each four, five different elements. There's uh, the kid uh, Kwame from Africa, but he was from Africa. Yes, he had the power of Earth. The hot-headed, red-haired kid from America had fire. If they could have given him the power of nuclear weapons, they probably would have.
0: Um, if, if that was Captain Planet in the 2018, he would have had the power of he would have had nuclear power.
1: He would have had the power of racism, actually. Um, <laughs> then there was um, I can't remember the rest. Well, I know Mati. Well, we'll save him for last. There was Gi? Yes. He is the Asian girl. She had the power of water. Um, and Linka, is from the Soviet Union, and she had the power of wind. And the last is Mati. He's from Brazil. He has the power of heart, otherwise known as we couldn't think of anything else to give him. And he, has, he just has the worst power of all time. So when they use the rings and combine the powers, they make this guy Captain planet. He can literally do anything. Why they don't just keep him around all of the time to just fix everything? Who knows?
0: It's because he, um, he can only stay Captain Planet for as long as, like, I think his power drains slowly as he's doing stuff. It's like if he makes a, a tornado or he creates a tidal wave or whatever it is, like, it drains him. So he has to, he breaks up into the five components and it goes back into the ring to recharge. I think that's why he doesn't stay Maybe. around.
1: Maybe. So here the reason why I've, I've uh, volunteered this show to be considered for shame bench is not necessarily because of the show, which is just, it's just generic and bland. It's not particularly excruciatingly bad, but it was developed as like when you mentioned the edutainment, like the idea of creating a show that will let kids know about pollution and, and preserving the environment. It was a big thing. I know when we were young, um, that was a big push. Like the, uh, you know, did you collect pennies to like buy land in the Amazon rainforest? Cause we did. And we talked about like the uh, you know the whole nose and layer, all this stuff. So this show it was just c three years, three seasons, which you'd think there'd be more. But they had the, the villains, the bad guys were all these, you know here's an example of the, the hoggish greedly, a pig like human who represents the dangers of overconsumption. Verminous scum. Um, he is like urban blight, disease, drug abuse. Duke Nukem. Yes, he's actually named after the computer character, and was spelled oh. different. But then there was no trademark for this character from Captain Planet, so they just used Duke Nukem.
0: To remind me, what Duke Nukem looked like again? He, if you
1: he just uh, misuse of nuclear power for some reason. You know that once that um, there was that issue with uh, Three Mile Island and, and Chernobyl. Like we were like, ah, oh, I can't use nuclear power. Doctor Blight. Um, she is the mad scientist who represents dangers of uncontrolled technology. Technolo- I can't speak uncontrolled technology and unethical scientific experimentation. loot in plunder. He's a poacher, crooked businessman, sly sludge, uh, unscrupulous waste collector. And then, uh, then Zarm who represents war and destruction. Now the, those guys are like, so they're all archetypes that they wanted to show. The crazy part about it is Hoggish Greedly, voiced by Ed Asner, Verminous Scum, Jeff Goldblum. Wow. Dr. Blight, Meg Ryan. No way. So I Sludge, Martin Sheen, and Zarm was voiced by Sting. So that's the really interesting part about it is that, so not only was this an attempt to like teach kids about the environment, but they had a lot of
0: Hollywood clout some A list stuff right there,
1: right. It wasn't just like a you know a little show that you know the producer hoped would touch kids. This was like a concerted effort by multiple people in Hollywood to put this message into kids, a kids cartoon show. Okay, and for me, it's one thing if you have a show that's called Our Lovely Earth and it's like all about you know Earth is beautiful and there's dangers and we should protect it. Here's ways you can protect it but to have like to what they tried to do was like kids like cartoons. They like superheroes. We're going to make a superhero that fights for the earth. And the, the heavy handed way, like the themes, like everyone, like the businessmen are all like monsters and immoral, like just the, <laughs> the terrible way that they portray anyone whose mission isn't first to, you know, close down every business and to save every animal life. Like they, they just portray him as a monster. For me, that was the impetus to putting them in, in the consideration for Shane Bench.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. So do I get to choose now? You're, uh... Okay. So final verdict. Obviously, I love Street Sharks, even though the, the premise is completely ridiculous. You heard me cracking up during that whole thing. So Street Sharks, innocent. Okay. Incidentally, one of my favorite shows growing up, even though a lot of parents, a lot of West Indian or Caribbean or Grenadian parents, like I said before, they didn't like the idea of the show because it promoted magic and sorcery. And again, that's a whole other conversation. But I didn't know that all that thought went into it. And even though it was a little cheesy and then you had all the stereotypes like Kwame from generic African country and hot Russian blonde Linka. And I love Captain Planet and Planeteers, and I used to watch it pretty much any time it came on. And obviously, it's one of the more iconic shows of the 90s. Anyone who grew up in that era will know the theme song, and they'll be familiar with all those characters. So, no, Captain Planet doesn't get put on Shame Bench because I love that show. I thought it was really well done, and I like the animation. Now, I think we already know what my decision is going to be. For this installment of Shame Bench, Dino gets put on Shame Bench.
1: That, that is completely fair the one thing I will give Dino Saucers is they had a rockin' theme song and uh, we'll play it in the outro here for our listeners but it's really good you'll, you, when you hear it you'll be like oh this is pretty good we used to be four ordinary teenagers until one day we met some new friends from out of town they were called Dinosaurs. My friends and I became the secret scouts, allies to these dinosaurs from outer space, and joined in their battles against Genghis Rex and the evil Tyrannos. The dinosaurs are leaving, Vosasaur.
2: Well, follow them!
0: Why does that one, that red one, look like a pig? I don't know, man. <laughs> but honestly, that was kind of cool. But they, they're still on chain bench. That was our episode for today. And uh, we want to say thanks to everyone who took the time to listen in. Uh, we hope you had as much fun as we did today. This was definitely one of the more fun episodes. Um, before we go, we just want to remind everyone to um, to tweet us. Um, um was it Add Breadfruit Show and Add Breadfruit Ace? Tweet us ideas for future episodes. If you have, um, if you have stories about maybe shows that you like growing up, and um, you want to share some of your Saturday morning cartoon experience, we'd love to hear it. Again, our uh, SoundCloud page is soundcloud.com slash Breadfruit Juice, and we're also on Anchor. Talk. And if anyone is interested, again, we're I'm, I'm looking to get our show distributed across more uh, podcast platforms, including what's the other one called Castbox, And I'll be making more announcements around that the sooner I get to to kind of bring that into fruition. So, guys, um, thank you so much for listening in and um, we'll talk to you in the next one. Have a great one. that's the show guys thanks for listening in and remember you can tweet us at breadfruit show and breadfruit ace if you want to keep in touch feel free to send us ideas for future shows and things you might want us to discuss we want to hear from you you can also check us out at soundcloud.com breadfruit hyphen juice and anchor.fm slash breadfruit juice until next time